Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions and the CareerPod team. This episode should provide you with valuable career information and insights. Today we are speaking with Matt Delaney, a senior-level security professional. Good afternoon, Matt, and welcome to CareerPod. We appreciate your participation. Hi, Gary. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Let's get started. I'd like to learn a little bit about your earlier life and your educational preparation for this field. Could you talk to that? Great. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So uh, the interesting thing about being, and, and one of the things I refer to it as, is a security practitioner, which sure. is sort of a holistic uh, package that you can do multiple uh, multiple things, but I'll, I'll be able to explain that shortly. Um, Initially, you know, I joined the Army, and when I got out of uh, the military, I had first thought about working in law enforcement, but I was very fortunate to work for a cutting-edge proprietary organization, which many people might know of, which is called the John Hancock uh, Mutual Assurance okay. Company. And I was actually a, I was a proprietary employee, which means that I was an actual Hancock employee, and I worked with their uh, very high-end security company, I have a security department, and I also assisted with the Department of Special Activities. Uh, the reason why I bring that up is that it wasn't just, uh, you know, what you would think of today as somebody just securing the building. We were responsible for high-end executive protection, uh, actually fire response as well. We all had to go through a fire academy. Uh, we did, I, I was assigned to the Olympics. I, I was over in Nagano, Japan in 1998, assisting with uh, executive protection with all of the pretty well-known uh, athletes and stars and VIPs, sure. and it was really then when I realized that uh, security uh, was way more robust than sure. uh, you could have imagined. And, and the other thing is, you know, I hold a uh, associate's in management, a bachelor's in management, and an MBA, and uh, one thing I would point out is that um, the industry itself took a yeah. dramatic turn to be professionalized after 9-11. You know, 9-11 really had, uh, had jump-started uh, the world of security becoming a true profession versus something that, like, people who wanted to be cops and just couldn't be would fall into security, if, if that makes sense. Yes. No, uh, I can appreciate that. And also, uh, the growth of this field since 9-11, and all parts of the field are, are really tremendous. And uh, But thank you for sharing that with me. Uh, in terms of... Um, you know, different parts, different parts of security, maybe a little bit on the tasks and responsibilities and sort of maybe what are some of the things you're doing today? Okay. All right. Great, great question. So uh, here's the thing that people should understand. There's really two worlds right. that you could break it down to in the world of, of uh, security. The first one is what many people equate security as is contract security. That's where you see companies like Allied Universal, Securitas, G4S, and even though they provide a very robust service, um, what most people will equate security to is somebody in uniform, you know, patrolling grounds, right. uh, checking doors, doing unlocks, things of that nature. The second world, which is the one that requires even more of a professional background, is working as a proprietary person. In other words, you are the employee within their protective service or security department. Uh, one of the things I want to bring up is that uh, the fastest growing section of the security industry is 
the contract security specifically when it comes to management. You know, if you think about it, there are millions of people who work within that field. And right. when you have when you have the, the volume of security officers and supervisors, you need to have managers, senior level managers and up that actually manage the business as well as manage the, the, the human capital perspective. So, um, and another part of security that people don't really think about is forget the, you know, not just the IT aspect of security, which is now part of the holistic uh, risk protection model, but also, you know, there are super high level special investigators that are, are associated within the security field as well. So you don't necessarily have to be the manager of a security guard or security officer force. You could actually be in the industry and work as a special investigator as well. I see. Well, you know, the purpose of CareerPod is to advise people, you know, people graduating or people looking at this career as a, a mid-level uh, opportunity. Uh, what would you think would be a good educational and work experience to break into the field? And, and then how do you move up? One of the things that uh, I think is a misnomer is that in the world of private security, people think that a criminal justice degree is essential. What you're actually finding is a criminal justice degree is not as essential. The business degree is right. even better because, um, you know, I'm a former tenured professor in college, and I taught for uh, over 11 years at a community college. And one thing I could stress to you is that business curriculum has a lot of leadership courses in it where criminal justice doesn't necessarily have as many leadership courses. And what you're finding is, is the, the, the key of successfully running a security organization is having strong fundamentals of leadership, understanding of economics, and, and definitely realizing cause and effects. So my opinion is if anybody who wants to move up within the security industry and be a true practitioner and professional, I, criminal justice wouldn't hurt, but I do believe that the business degree is translating better over into that particular industry. And how do you move up? Well, kind of like how a carpenter learns uh, and, and is an apprentice, you know, becoming a true practitioner is not something that happens overnight. It happens right. with a lot of experience and hard work. You know, people don't realize that, you know, you have to understand enterprise risk management. You have to know what emergency response is. You have to, you know, there's all sorts of uh, idiosyncratic things that you need to know in order right. to elevate yourself. It's just like being an apprentice. You have to experience it in order to move up. Very few people can just graduate from college with no experience and just walk right in you know, as a senior level person. But sure. you, know, you could end up going into a bottom or mid-managed level based on okay. your, your degree and education. Now, I understand that there's some certifications in the security field. Uh, can you tell us about that? The national, or actually worldwide global standard, uh, it's an organization that is called ASIS International, ASIS. And one of the things that you can do to help differentiate yourself from, say, your peers is to go get yourself certified. So right now I hold what's called a uh, PCI designation, which is a professional certified investigator. Uh, there's right. a thing called CPP, a certified protection professional. There's, there's a CSP. There's all these different designations. And what you really do is it's interesting because you can't just take it right off the bat. It's kind of like what I'm talking about where you have to build your skill set 
in order to get some of these certifications, you have to qualify by proving you've had X amount of years in the industry and, and in these particular fields that you are going to take the test for. So it's more practitioner-based and less purely academic where you can't just read a book okay. and then go take the test. You actually have to have a, a body of work that reflects it before you're actually capable or allowed to through the organization to take a test and be certified. That's fantastic. In terms of um, work you do right now, you're into a high-level fraud investigation type of activity. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Another part of the world of private security is detecting, deterring uh, fraud. So what I'm currently doing is I'm doing very, very high-level uh, fraud investigations to make sure that the clients are not uh, taking people on that they shouldn't take on that would be problematic in the long run. Uh, there's, there's a confidentiality that I'm bound to, which I can't get into too much detail, but I will say that, yeah. yeah, but a position like this, again, sort of like building up your, your background, um, you have to really be schooled at how to do a comprehensive investigation. How do you yield proper results? How do you conduct an interview and if not an interrogation? How do you identify signs of deception? How do you identify even you know, written signs of deception when it comes to documentation fraud? So uh, I would say you know, another area where people could look into is to get into uh, you know, uh, being a fraud investigator. I know for a fact that uh, Medicare and Medicaid right now have a huge government contract with a third-party investigative company that literally investigates all day long Medicare and Medicaid. There's just so many different opportunities within the industry that you can make a very good living and actually have legitimate career growth as well. Sure, and you're really doing the right thing for all. You know, white-collar crime is certainly as, as bad as, uh, you know, other types of crime. So, uh that's, that's fantastic. And does this integrate the security, the uh, technology? Talk a little bit about technology in your field. It must be uh, emerging and growing. Technology is essential. I would say, you know, another skill set, you definitely want to have a level of, of tech savvy, whether it's understanding how to use applications or how to use some of these very complex security, even their alarm systems, for that example. And another thing I wanted to throw out there before I forget is that, you know, to be a complete practitioner, uh, I also want you to think that you also have to understand fire protection systems and know how they work and alarm systems and smoke detectors, heat detectors, how buildings operate. You know, it's, it's what I've been seeing lately as well is that people who were into property management right. are now switching over and getting into security management because a lot of the expectations and knowledge base intertwines pretty nicely. The idea of a you know, someone wanting to be in this field. Um, what would you, uh, if you were sitting down talking to them, what would you advise them? Well, I advise them that success in life doesn't come overnight and that it this is not the kind of field where you're going to have anything handed to you. You'll have to earn it, and, and you will actually be working in a field that has real consequences. You know, an untrained yeah. person, responding to a major emergency, whether it be medical, fire, um, something law enforcement related, emergency right. response, if they're your people and they perform poorly, 
you know, there could be real consequences as a result. If you cut corners on an investigation for, for example, you know, under the Fair Housing Act and you uh, give somebody a negative result because you did not do your due diligence, you know, yeah. you yourself, your corporation could be held liable. So I would say that um, it's hard work at times like any job. It can be extremely frustrating, but it can also be rewarding. But the one thing I could stress the most, it is a massive massive growth industry and yeah. that uh, if you're in it and you do well, you have a lifetime job. I'd say the only negative part, the higher up you go, uh, the less me time <laughs> you will have. In other words, th yeah. these jobs are very much 24-7. Even though like one of my positions I had, I was a senior, senior, senior level um, manager and I would still be woken up, you know, sometimes once or twice in the middle of the night because of a sure. major incident that happened to brief me. So it is not the kind of job that's a nine-to-fiver, and then you just put your phone away and don't check your computer until Monday. You, you have to be pretty much all in to be successful. Yeah, that's interesting. Quite a commitment. Uh, in, in terms of um, uh, luck, I want to talk a little bit about good luck or bad luck, and has that played a role in your career, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think nothing beats sweat equity and working really hard. But I think we all know that, you know, working really hard plus luck gives you a great result. Uh, you know, I would say this, you know, bad luck, good luck, they all end in luck. But I will take good luck any day over bad luck. Yeah. I'd just like to close with... Um, Maybe a funny or impactful story that that happened to you during your career. Would you care to share anything? Yeah, actually, um, I'd say one of the most important jobs I've ever had when it comes to overall impact outside of being a professor is when right. I was a senior special investigator working for a major metropolitan hospital in uh, Boston. And yeah. I was in charge of the domestic violence unit. And there's just too many stories to share. However, you know, it allowed me to get into an area where I would directly be able to help, advise, protect, and, and, and give mobility to victims of domestic violence. And it also sort of catapulted me to focus a lot of my work and a lot of my studies at the college on uh, victim issues and prevention and ways to help mitigate future uh, victims of domestic violence. So there were just, there's just too many cases to specifically go over, but I can tell you that it very much made me focus on uh, teaching young people healthy dating relationships, you know, looking for signs of people who potentially could be abusers. And then the last part is looking for ways, which, you know, we haven't perfected this at all, on the people who are abusers to see if there's ways to make it so they do not continue to abuse. And sure. I think being exposed to the world of domestic violence like I was, was very much an eye opener and it still has remained uh, something that I really focus a lot of my work and my efforts in, if I'm, you know, in a volunteer capacity to try to help yeah. as many people as possible in that particular capacity. Matt, you have shared an insightful look at the field of security management. Anyone considering this field could certainly benefit 
by your uh, excellent advice. Once again, thank you for your contribution to CareerPod, and have a great day. Thank you, Gary. It's my pleasure. Take care.